Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. Jesus 
is making his way to Jerusalem. Jesus called the apostles together and said, You know that the acknowledged rulers of the nations have absolute power over people, and their officials have absolute authority over people. But that's not the way it's going to be among you. Isn't it great that Jesus takes the time to teach the disciples that it's not going to be the way that you think it is? Jesus said, Deacon Gino, that whoever wants to become great among you will be your servant. And Jesus said, Malik, that whoever wants to be most important among you will be a slave for everyone. Jesus said it's the same way with the Son of Man. He did not come so that others could serve him. He came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many people. Let the church say amen. And then they came to Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples, and many people were leaving Jericho, Minister Benita, a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting by the road. The word of God says that when he heard that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by, and he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I'll be glad when the church gets to a place that we can begin to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The people told him, Pastor Joseph, to be quiet. But he shouted even louder, son of David, have mercy on me. Then Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man and told him to cheer up and get up. He's calling you. Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? And are you willing to ask the Lord? The Lord is asking you, what is it, Connie, that you want me to do for you? What is it, Kelly? What is it, Sandra, that you want me to do for you? And the blind man said, teacher, I want to see again. And Jesus told him, go, go, go. Your faith has made you well. The title of my sermon is The Healing Power of Faith. I have discovered over my 30-plus years in ministry that everybody who talks about faith doesn't necessarily have faith. And I've also discovered that there are many people in the church who attend, but they have no faith, Deacon Sheree. There are three things this sermon will teach us. To look up a call to faith. Faith calls us to move from where we are to where God wants us to be. Number two, a show of faith empowers us to speak. If you have faith, you can't help yourself but speak up in the name of Jesus. And thirdly, faithful may you get up in the midst of a crowd that's telling you to sit down and be quiet. What is faith according to the Bible? In Hebrews 11:1, 1, faith is clearly explained. It is the confident assurance that what we hope for is going to happen. It is the evidence of things we cannot yet see, and faith is a confident and well-grounded assurance that what we want and hope for is going to happen. Faith is the assurance, strong belief, confidence, conviction, energy, 
an unnegotiable presence of mind that the things we hope for, which we cannot see, will come to fruition because of God's unquestionable faithfulness. By faith, we believe God will bless our outreach efforts to feed those in need among us, Carrie. We believe that God will provide according to his divine plan. Therefore, our commercial kitchen is a perfect example of faith in Almighty God. When the people said, you're stretching yourself thin. When the people said, we can't afford to do this. When the people said that, I don't know why we're going through all of this. In the midst of all of this, God planted Trustee Kemp Harris, a builder in our church, who could facilitate the process of going from an ordinary kitchen to a commercial kitchen. And now, because we have a kitchen, Brother Rod, that will accommodate the summer food program, there are people eating every day because God told us what to do, and we were willing to listen to the voice of God. So let's praise God for the blessings among us. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of people telling me what I can't do. Every now and then, I'm going to talk to somebody who can tell me what I can do in the name of Jesus. In Romans 4, 18, 21, the Apostle Paul wrote about Abraham's faith, hoping in spite of hopeless circumstances, he believed that he would become the father of many nations, just that he had been told. And this is how many descendants you will have. He did not weaken in faith when he thought about his own body, which was already as good as dead, now that he was about 100 years old. Don't look at your body and put limitations on God. Don't look at your circumstances and put limitations on what God could do. Yes, Abraham was old. Sarah was old, inability to have children, nor did he doubt God's promise out of the lack of faith. Instead, he became strong in faith and gave glory to God. He prayed and prayed and prayed as a church for children. Our nursery was empty. The doors had been locked, Deacon Shereen. Nobody was crying inside nor on the outside. All the women in the church were too old to be pregnant. And if they were pregnant, we just didn't know about it. But we trusted God to bless us with children and you. And God went beyond our expectations and gave us a school called Pleasant Grove Elementary School because God knew what God was going to do for us. Somebody here right now is praying for something in the name of Jesus, and you need to stand on your feet in faith and give God praise that the victory has already been won. Giving God the victory has already been won. Having said the victory has already been won. Having faith is never doubting the promises of God. Having faith is being absolutely convinced that God will do what he has promised to do. Let's take a look at the text, Mark chapter 10. By now, the size of the crowd following Jesus has swelled to a great multitude putting all the dynamics of moving people together in a festival atmosphere. It was like the Mardi Gras in New Orleans or Mobile. The atmosphere was filled with excitement and celebration. 
And after all, the young rabbi who had been challenged by the religious establishment of Jew is on his way to Jerusalem. Sister Connie, as I read that, I asked myself, I said, Lord, while I'm on my way to glory, where is it you want me to go? You ever ask yourself, Lord, while I'm on my way, where do you want me to go? Lord, as I'm on my way, where do you want me to stop? He was on his way to Jerusalem, and he is creating lots of excitement, and the promise of a confrontation also draws to the crowd. Every now and then, as a believer, you've got to be willing to be confronted by the crowd. Every now and then, you've got to be willing to be criticized by the crowd. Every now and then, you've got to stand up for what you believe, regardless of what the crowd have to say. The first thing that we learn here is that faith calls us to move. All of these sounds, a disrupting voice cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Obviously, someone has said to Bartimaeus, the blind man, beggar, and public nuisance, that the passing of Jesus was causing the commotion. It's so sad when we are defined by our deficiencies and all we have are one or two. Sometimes we focus on limitations instead of possibilities. Sometimes we focus on what's broken versus what has already been fixed. Sometimes we focus on what could go wrong and not on the things that God had already done right. Sometimes we talk about the failures of the past without looking at the promises of the future. Sometimes we have to listen to the people tell you what doesn't work. We tried that 10 years ago. It didn't work then and it won't work now. Sometimes we have to say, just please give me a break when others are telling you it's time to quit. And you say, I know, I heard the voice of the Lord. During these seasons of doubt, as believers, we must be people of faith who are willing to place all of our trust, A-L-L, in God. Church, I said all of our trust in God. Thank God for Jesus who has the power to deliver us from all deficiencies and malfunctions to avoid the smear on the reputation of Jericho as a blemish on the festivities, many citizens tried to silence the voice of Bartimaeus, but he refused to be quiet. In our church, every now and then, we have some sisters who would get happy, and they would shout for joy. They would go up and down the aisle, you know what I'm talking about. And there were several people, Brother James, in the congregation who couldn't figure out why they wouldn't sit down and get over it. But every now and then, Jesus will bless you to the point that you can't sit down. Every now and then, Jesus will stir you up so that you can't do anything but dance and shout in the Spirit. Every now and then, the Spirit will fire you up and you go, God, I thank you right now. I, I got to thank you, God, for all that you've done for me. There are times when you got to speak up and let the chips fall wherever they may. If you're mad at me, be mad. If you don't like me, don't like me. But in this moment in time, I'm going to say thank you, Lord, for all the things that you have done for me. I recall a PGC disciple who was praying for the healing of a loved one in the name of Jesus. To acknowledge her faith in God's words and promises, she posted scriptures on the walls in the hospital room of her loved one. She said, I'm going to focus on the pain 
and the, instead of the pain, I'm going to focus on the promises of God. We had a sister, Sarah, who had a son who was in trouble. She refused to be silent. My son's in trouble, and the enemy's saying, shut up, but I'm going to speak up and tell everybody I can in the name of Jesus. She refused to be silent. She cried out for help and asked the prayer warriors to pray her through. Every now and then, you got to know when you are too weak to pray for yourself, you need to call on the saints of God to pray you through. I never forget when Royal Davis was in a horrible traffic accident. Her mother refused to accept the doctor's assessment. The doctors are only human, just like you and just like me. And she said that I don't believe that my daughter's going to die, and because I'm convinced, I'm moving in to wake me up. And I'm going to be here, and I'm going to pray night and day. And she said, what I want you to do is bring the church band and put in there people who know God, who have faith. And I want the people who have faith to come into this hospital and pray that my daughter will rise up again. I don't have to tell you the end of the story. It's that she rose up in the name of Jesus. She rose up because there were people who had enough faith to see beyond their current circumstances. So we're there in the, in the waiting room, and the lady says, you got to calm down. The lady says, you got to bring it down. Everybody in here doesn't want to hear what you have to say. We said, we are praying in the name of Jesus. And we believe that Jesus is going to answer our prayers. And as the officials, physicians examined John Owen in the emergency room of Rex Hospital, Ruth and I prayed boldly that God will restore him immediately through faith. God answered our prayers. You've got to be careful who you ask to pray for you. You've got to be certain that the people praying for you not only have a relationship with God, but have a transformative faith to get you where you need to go. The blind beggar sees that something different here that no one else can see. He cries out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. I thought it was interesting that if he was blind, he couldn't see. But I found that sometimes being physically blind doesn't mean that you're spiritually blind. And what I discovered is that when God opens your eyes, you can see the supernatural. Historians say that Bartimaeus was a well-known character and that he was accustomed to sit by the wayside, not only blind, but as a beggar. We do not know whether or not this was the first attempt that Bartimaeus made to see Jesus, but all we know is that on this day, he said, I don't care who you are, I don't care what you have, I don't care where you're going, I'm going to talk to Jesus today of my own. He may have sought a cure from Christ at his first entrance, and we don't know all of this, but all that we know that on this day that he decided that I'm going to pursue the son of David on my own. You've got to depend on your own faith. You gotta call on God for yourself. Can the church say amen? Every now and then you gotta stop calling the prayer line and get on your own knees. And you gotta call on the name of Jesus. Every now and then you gotta get your Bible out and read it for yourself. They rebuked him because out of reverence and regard for Jesus. Aren't you tired of the church folk rebuking? Here the disciples are traveling with Jesus but rebuking a man who's blind, who's trying to see Jesus, who might perhaps at that moment have been preaching to the people and so might be disturbed by the blind man's loud and noisy appeal. 
Now, I know there are rumors that the African-American church can be pretty loud at times, and that's true. But God, spare me a church where you never hear anything. And nobody ever says amen. Nobody ever shouts hallelujah. Nobody ever testifies to the glory of God. Well, nobody ever says God is good. And through it all, God has saved me. They rebuked him, but he kept on crying out to Jesus. What I find interesting here is that he, he who decides to serve God must also overcome all earthly shame and fear, for indeed this unworthy feeling keeps many of us from Christ. And Jesus, check him out, stood still. Jesus stood and said, call ye him. Jesus said, be quiet. This is my work. I am here. He's calling on me. Let me set the record. Don't you love it when Jesus straightens you out? <laughs> Don't you love it when Jesus said, this is not your call, it's mine? Don't you love it when Jesus said, you're just the minister of music, but I is the pastor of the universe? Don't you love it when Jesus said, yeah, you might be the best voice on the praise team, but I am the praiser of praisers of praisers of praisers. So Jesus stood still and said, call ye him. I'm not asking James Barbie for his opinion. I said, call ye him. Then what I wanted to see, look at verse number 49. They stood and said, call ye him. There were many walls in Jerusalem. There were rough places in Jericho. And there were rocks on which he might stumble. And therefore, the Lord stood where there was a plain path on which the man approached him. And Jesus always makes a way, doesn't he? When there's no way and there are rocks in your way, does Jesus make a way? When there's uh, no way and there's trouble in your way, does Jesus make a way? <laughs> Can I get a witness that there are times when you can't see your way through and Jesus makes a way? Can I get a witness that sometimes you don't see how you're going to get from Sunday to Monday, but Jesus makes a way? And it says that as a man was casting away his garments, the word in Greek meant that he was getting ready for his confrontation with Jesus. Has Jesus ever called you and you're still in bed trying to decide if you're going to get up or not? Has Jesus asked you to move towards him and you're still trying to figure out, is it the right time? And the word says our Lord knew what the man wanted, but it was necessary that he knew what he wanted for himself. Do you know really what you want for yourself? Do you really know what it is that God wants you to have? And the lips of the blind man made the confession of his need and of his faith and the power that was present to heal him. And the blind man said, are you bold enough to say, Lord, I want to be healed. Barbana, I want to receive my sight. It was a more respectable way of, to address than the more simple from rabbi. And the expression shows that Barnabas had yet much to learn as to the divine character of our Lord. But his faith is accepted, and he showed that it was genuine as far as it went. So Barnabas teaches us seven quick lessons of life. We need to resume responsibilities for our own lives. We need to start blaming other people for where we are. When Barnabas heard that Jesus from Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout out on his own, one needs to own up to your responsibility. Don't you get tired of hearing the same story? from people over and over again. 
I would have been better if my mama had been better. I would have been better if my daddy had been better. It's time for us to accept responsibility for where we are. And there are things that will happen to us that you cannot control, but you can be in command of how you react to it. Number two, we need to believe we can change. Don't you hear the man and say, teacher, I want to see you again. He believed Jesus would do something so he wouldn't walk away the same. He believed that he could be something different. Stop looking at yourself and believing that, there, that you are all that there is. Why is it that some pray, God, if you'll just change my employer, you just change my husband, if you would just change my wife, if you just change my children, why don't you ever ask yourself, Lord, what would happen if you just changed me? God does not say he will change our situation. What he does promise is that he will change us so that we can get through our situation. Hallelujah. You ought to say amen because all of us are guilty. We need to make clear what we really need. What do you want me to do for you? Specific prayers get specific answers. My husband likes for me to fix his place. And every now and then, I don't do that. Every now and then, I get busy, and I do other things. And so when I hear him in the kitchen, throwing the pots and pans against the wall and putting the plate on the counter and making all this noise, I realize that he's really not that happy that I'm not in there fixing his place. I learned from this scripture, if he would just come into my study and say, I want you to fix my plate specifically, I would get up and fix his plate. So what I've learned is that every day, all day, we've got to ask God specifically for what we want. I don't ask Deacon Jay for what I want. I ask the Lord for what I want, and I just turn him over to the Lord. If you're going to be married, Sandra, you can't ask Brett what he wants. You've got to say, God, this is what I want you to do in my marriage. Too many of us are failing because we're talking to the wrong people. You want to change God, you want to change your spouse, talk to God. You want to change your household, talk to God. You want to change your situation, talk to God. If you want to change the moaning and groaning in the atmosphere, you got to talk to God. You got to stop wasting your time on people who don't care, move on your behalf. Everything I want, I ask God. That's why I say to be married almost 44 years, you can't be married without God. You got to give everything to God. You got to give Sammy to God. You got to give Brett to God. You got to give Colette to God. You got to give that. I think you get my point. We need not to be bothered what other people will say. The people told him to be quiet. And they were telling him nobody wants to hear what you have to say. People have told me to be quiet. Nobody wants to hear what a woman has to say. Nobody wants to hear what you have to say, but that isn't the right place. This isn't the right time. Nobody ever done it that way. Why do you want to do that? Everyone else told him he shouldn't do it that way. You do what God tells you to do. If God tells you to stand up and shout, stand up and shout. If God tells you to sit down and be quiet, sit down and be quiet. I'll never forget the night that we voted to come to Davis Drive. It was a turning point in my life. One of my regrets as a pastor is that everybody who's in the church doesn't know what God has done for the church. Everybody who comes in here doesn't know how God bailed us out. 
Everybody who's sitting here doesn't understand how God orchestrated the steps of this house. Everybody in here doesn't understand the miracle on David's drive. We didn't get here because we had monumental faith. We got here because we served a faithful and almighty God. We got here because God sent the right people with the right faith at the right time, with the right spirit and the right attitude to do the work of God. So regardless of what the people say, keep on calling out to God. Are you hurting and you don't have an answer? Keep on crying out to God. People still working your nerves? Keep on crying out to God. Are people telling you to quit? Are the people telling you that God doesn't care? Are you concerned about how it might look? Are you worried that other people will think you're foolish? Get over it in the name of Jesus. Do you not worry that the word Jesus said, don't quit, don't give up, because the promise is with me. Number five, we need to stop waiting for perfect conditions. We need to stop church waiting for perfect conditions. Some of the most monumental things I've learned about God, I've learned during a pandemic. I've learned that in the pandemic that God will pay the bills of the church. I've learned in a pandemic that God will cause the people to pray. I've learned in a pandemic, in perfect conditions, that God will lift up prayer warriors to pray the saints through. Brother Mayo says things would have no chance. Did you know that this is the last time Jesus would come to Jerusalem? My mother has been struggling with dementia. My mother, we have been trying to find an answer from God. Day and night, I'm on the phone, Medicare, Humana, what do we do? The application, what do we do? And so God started opening doors, and I realized that in the midst of all of this frustration that God was moving on behalf of my mother. And I was in a conversation with two of my sisters, and one sister spoke up, and she said, we need to put everything on hold and calm down, and we need to check in with God to see what God wants us to do. And I discovered that God answered our prayer when we decided to stop trying to fix it on our own, and we gave the issue to God, and now God has surpassed all of our requests, and God has blessed my mother, and I thank you, God. I thank you, God. I thank you, God, that you did for my mother what I couldn't do. I thank you, God. Hebrews 12.1 says, let us lay aside every weight, every sin that so easily entangles us. It says to lay aside every burden and every sin, whatever it is that is keeping you from Jesus first in your life. There should be nothing in your life that keeps you from Jesus. There's nothing in my life that will keep me from Jesus. There's nothing in my life that will cause me to stop worshiping Jesus. There's nothing in my life that I will compromise for my relationship with Jesus Christ. Whatever it is holding you back from surrendering your life to the Lordship of Jesus, you need to step up and you need to be like blind Bartimaeus. And you need to be willing to answer the question Jesus asked. What do you want me to do for you? James 1, 25 says, do what God's word says. Don't merely listen to it or you will fool yourself. 
If someone listens to God's word but doesn't do what it says, he's like a person who looks at his face in a mirror. That is, his features goes away and immediately forget what he looks like. However, the person who continues to study God's perfect teachings that make people free and who remains committed to them will be blessed. People like that don't merely listen and forget. They actually do what God is telling them to do. And point number seven is that we must follow Jesus. Because when blind Barnabas got his sight, he didn't go back home. He followed Jesus. How many of us are guilty of approaching Jesus, getting what we want, and leaving Jesus behind? How many of us pray that our children will be delivered? The Lord delivers them. And we slow up and we stop praising God. How many of us pray year after year after year that God will bless us and the blessing shows up and then we get too busy to even say, thank you, Lord. He followed up on the road and after you followed the six steps above to break out of your rut, then you do what Bonamaeus did. You must become a friend of Jesus. You must follow Jesus. And then you will be healed by your faith. I have discovered as I get older that I don't really have many friends. I have people that I know. I have people who think they know me. But the older I get, I realize that people do not really understand who I am. And if the truth be told, you're in the same situation. There are people you think who know you, but they really don't know your favorite ice cream. They don't even know your favorite color. They don't know really where you were born. They don't really know what your pet peeve is. They don't know your favorite movie. They, they don't know whether or not you like dark chocolate or light. They don't know whether or not you have vanilla beans. They don't know whether or not you like green beans or asparagus. But what the old church used to do is sing a hymn that says, What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. I, I wish that someday the church would sing these old hymns again and remind us, Are we weak and heavy laden, comfort with a load of care? Precious Savior, still our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. I have a friend I can tell anything. I have a friend I can tell everything. I have a friend that I can call on in the midnight hour. It will not show up on Facebook. It will not be on Instagram. It will not be on YouTube. It will not be in the gossip column of the newspaper. I have a friend who can keep my secrets. And I have a friend that I can tell my troubles to. What a friend we have in Jesus. All of our sins and griefs and pain. What a privilege, my Lord, it is to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless things we bear. All because we do not care. Everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble 
anywhere. We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Blessed Savior, thou hast promised that with all thy burdens bear, may we ever, Lord, be bringing all to thee in earnest prayer. There will be no need for prayer, rapture, praise, and end this worship. I leave you with the thought, what a friend! What a friend! What a friend! What a friend we have in Jesus. May you be blessed with the healing power of faith. May you be blessed in your relationship with Jesus Christ. May you be blessed with the friend of all friends. On this day, we offer Jesus the perfect friend, the perfect companion, the perfect one who loves you just as Good friend we have www.pgc-carry.org Thank you again.